Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig jumping the gun there. He's from the Star Tribune, startribune.com. I'm Joe Oberly from vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com. We're here to talk about the Vikings and the Super Bowl and the offseason and the players and everything that we can think of. And it's tough finding stuff, but boy, oh boy, they got us some news this week out at TCO. They signed Brian Flores to be the new defensive coordinator after this long and drawn out uh, process, uh, it was like, it was like when all the other uh, candidates they, they were looking at or interviewing were getting signed elsewhere. The Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins, or I should say Kwesi Adolfo Mensa put together a last minute drive and, and got another victory, one score victory by signing Brian Flores, who was considered at one time the top of their list to be the DC. Mark, what do you think of that signing? What, and what does that mean for the, yeah, I mean, I keep hearing people act like it was like it was a calamity that it took three weeks to hire someone. It's like, you know, is there a game next week? I, I'm not getting this whole like the the alarm that it wasn't happening. Uh, this, this is a guy who was interviewing for head coaching jobs, and this was, uh, you know, the guy that went from uh, uh, Denver to Carolina. Um, can't pronounce his name. Sorry, no. sorry. No, this is a the and oh, the, two E's. Yeah, I can't. Yes, pronounce yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Joe, I'm a writer, not a speaker. Um, so he, uh, you know, there did he was obviously one of the two guys that they wanted. Uh, he went to Carolina. I could see. I personally didn't think it. You know, it doesn't uh, wouldn't be a real appealing job because, you know, there's there's obviously going to be a lot of changes, and but maybe that's uh, intriguing to some guys. Or you really don't know the direction it's heading. But uh, the you know you, you mentioned Quasi signing, and but obviously Kevin O'Connell is the guy that yeah. makes this happen and picks the guy. Um, at least it better be that way or it's never going to work. Um, so, you know, this is a guy that, you know, he comes in with a three, four background, but he comes in with a much, much more aggressive mentality, uh, a lot more blitzing known for a lot more blitzing, a lot more deception, a lot more, you know, uh, if you're going to call what, what, uh, Donatel did soft, this is a little bit of harder, a harder type of defense. So, uh, I think it's a good fit. I also think that he'll be good in the locker room. I, some people say, well, I mean, he might be too like too aggressive with he's got the Belichick training and all this. I, I don't believe that. I think he's he's you know the age where that he is, uh, his background, the fact that 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 this guy, you know, told an NFL owner to piss off when they said lose and they said uh and the fact that he's uh, sued the NFL because of their hiring practices, I think players will gravitate to that. I think that's how a lot of players feel. Uh, so I think he's going to be a good fit. I think he'll be a much better fit than Ed. It didn't take long, but with, to see where Ed and also with O'Connell and Ed did not fit together. Whenever your head coach is an offensive guy, I was talking about we need to manufacture uh, some pressure, and he says it a second time, and they start doing it. He just kind of got the feeling that I had to move on. So I, I, I like to hire, you know, but but it, a lot of it depends on it. Well, now what do they do with the players? That's yeah. all about usually about the players, and, and they, they make you good coordinator. Um, you know, you mentioned the point. You, you thought there was a lot of hand-wringing because nothing was happening. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why, because I was right in there with it. You, you were looking at the, – they were standing on the precipice of the status quo. I mean, Mark P P Patton, Patin, Patton, right? Is that how you say his name, Mike Patton? Mike Patton, yeah. Yes, Uh if, if he was all of a sudden emerging because all these other guys were dropping away and it Flores was down having a second interview with, with, 
uh, the Cardinals for their head coaching job. He had probably still had to go talk to Sean Payton yet uh, in Denver. And it looked like they would lose him as well. And then you'd have to settle. And I'm sorry, it would be settling for Mark, Mike Patton. It, it, uh, he didn't impress me as, uh, I mean, he was, he was in the, he was in the room this whole off season while the, the Ed Donatello's defense was failing in front of us and everybody else. I mean, I, I did that. That didn't get me excited to think that he is all of a sudden, okay, hey, we got Mike Patton as our new DC. He's been sitting here watching all the problems we had last year, did nothing about it. And now he's your new defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. I was a little bit panicked. You were just worried about the fact that the Packer fans would have loved the fact that here, oh, another fired Packers guy, yes. right? That, that's what you're There's worried about. There's that too. Don't, don't get me wrong there. No, I, I, I think. Got yeah, I guess there's hand wringing. Go ahead. I guess there's, there's I guess there's hand wringing about that stuff. But to me, it's always yeah. There's candidates that they can you know, that they're could vet. You know, it's I don't yeah, know. It's, it's just uh, a process. It's, it's a, right. You're right. Yeah. There's no t- two ways about it. But it was just like man, you know. Th- then I, I just feel like then we just retrench. You know. Then you know. Does he come in and change everything? Why Why wasn't he making changes soon? I don't know. It just it just. It would, we'd have been complaining about him before he even set foot on the field. But anyway, um, we got Brian Flores instead, which is which is a good hire. Is Mark? Is this like you, you've made this classic thing where when the Vikings have a or a team has a, a a head coach who's got one personality, Zimmer, they come in and sign somebody who's got a complete opposite personality, uh, Kev, Kevin O'Connell. Here we got the laissez-faire Ed Donatel. Easy back, lay back, shell uh, scheme that lets everybody catch passes in front of them to the total opposite. Brian Flores, who's just going to be I, – I, I saw this one headline uh, about his blitzing. Blitzed the uh, uh, Ravens in a game 35 times, and they said it broke the Ravens because he kept blitzing them. Uh, it's the total opposite where, you know, we were just crying for a blitz near the end of the season in some of these games. And, and Ed just didn't, uh, didn't do it that often. I guess they're t- ranked 24th in the amount of time they blitzed this year. So that'll change. Is, is that what this is? You know, just I'm a, surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised, it 20, surprised it was 24th. Well, yeah. You're going to see more, you know, that's what O'Connell wants. And I think that's what they need. Uh, but in saying that, um, you know, if, if they stay with the three, four, which I think they likely will with, really? uh, with, uh, you know, that that's Flores, uh, Pittsburgh was a three, four, and, uh, he's only there one year. And, and another reason I like this is, you know, this is hard for me to say as a Cleveland guy, but so much respect for the Steelers, so much respect for Mike Tomlin. When Mike Tomlin saw that this guy wasn't going to get a head coaching job in 2021, you know, there it's on Twitter. You can see the interview that he did with, I think, one of his former players, might have been ESPN or whatever. To see Tomlin sit there and go, I was not going to let this guy sit out. I was not going to let this guy, you know, have the NFL basically, he didn't say this, but the NFL, you know, run him out and because he'd sued some teams. Uh, so, and then he goes on. And Pittsburgh, you know, to me, Pittsburgh, yeah, they, they, they had nine wins. They didn't make the playoffs, but that was as good a coaching job as anybody in the NFL did last year to get that team with the, with the, no quarterback and a uh, with a Trubisky and a rookie quarterback and piece it all together. Uh, you know, so I have so much respect for where this guy's coming from. Uh, so I, I, you know, and, and Belichick, you know, to learn from Belichick. And so that's what I like about it. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a much more aggressive. I, I don't, I think you have to be a little, um, got to be aware of your personnel as well. As right. well. right. You know, he, he, uh, he doesn't have, 
Uh, now, he, maybe he could if, if Daniil Hunter progresses, but they don't have T.J. Watt. They don't have, uh, you know, some of the players. I mean, like, um, you can do a lot of things when you uh, say uh, someone's making reference to the Rams defense. I was talking to them, and they were – I'm like, yeah, you can do these things when Aaron Donald's in, in the middle of your defense uh, as opposed yeah. to Harrison Phillips or someone like that. So you got to be aware of your personnel. They'll be much more aggressive, but if they're, if they're still slow in the backs in – in the back, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess that's more reason to go after him, but you got to, you got to play with your personnel as well. And that's going to be even more important than Brian Flores is how do they put this defense together? Who do they keep? Who do they get rid of? And, and what do they bring in? Well, that's, that's, uh, let's go there. That's my question for you. What, what are they going to do? If you, if you purport that they're going to maybe hold on to the three, four, does that mean they try to uh, hold on to Zadarius Smith and <clears throat> make his cap number shrink? Because the word was that shortly after, I mean, last week he had he had erased all the references to the Vikings off of his social media stuff. So maybe he was thinking he already got the word to go. But if they get to Flores who, and they want to go with uh, 3-4, I think you'd want him who, who got out of the gates with nine sacks and a bunch of hurries. Wow. What did he do after that, though? I well, mean, he was injured. I know, but he's also – he came in with the injury label, uh, had missed almost all of the, this year before. Um, he's going to be a year older. He'll be 31 years old. Um, it's, it's, it's money. Financially, it doesn't. There's no way it works out. There's right. absolutely no way it gotta, works out. you got to change that number, yes. Right. So you're talking about hmm. uh, you get uh, only $3.3 million in dead money which is like lower than anybody else that uh, of the people you're looking at who has to go to me, he's uh, yeah, that's you get 12 over $12 million in savings on the cap. I don't know that he's going to be like, uh, Hey, I'll play for you for one year. Uh, and that's that, that sort of lends to the stories that you hear about it. He's already taken all his Viking stuff down and all this stuff. And when he came from the Packers and he was here, he hated the Packers. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Baltimore next year saying bad things about the Vikings. I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, but to me that the money, the fact that uh, he had an injury uh, right before that Dallas game, when it looked like I sat down with him and I talked to him about, Hey, you and Micah Parsons have one, two in the running for defensive player of the year. Well, he had, he had done something that kind of like at the end of that, because I talked to him before the, um, the Bills game, I think it was, or mm-hmm. whoever was before Dallas. So he gets hurt at the, the, the last, like, it was probably the last one or two plays. And I was like, uh-oh, I hope, he does, I hope he's like able to practice so he can go forward with the story that I went sat down and talked to him about. Right. And um, <clears throat> he did, but he was clearly a different player. And by him being a different player, uh, the things that we saw like in Green Bay in week one and we saw in some of these other games where the, he and Daniil were putting pressure on, Kind of what? Hey, it's what we're looking for. You didn't see it, and no matter how where he moved along the line, he was a lie. He was a liability, and and yeah, to me, like okay, uh, bring him back in you know, at a lower rate. And but there's still this like, hey, they need to get younger. They need to be thinking if Quasey is going to be this genius uh, general manager, they, they got to start getting younger and faster on yeah. defense. And he's got to score. This okay. guy cannot have. This guy cannot have another draft class or another offseason where. You know, it's got to be better than it was. Um, we're presuming that they're going to stick with the three, four. Um, so I guess my first guy that I think is gone just because it's a blitz heavy, uh, you know, Flores is a blitz heavy guy 
and Patrick Peterson loved the the zone. Uh, Flores is probably going to play more man. Uh, Peterson went on record to say he really liked playing with the zone this past year. Probably helps him out at his age because he probably can't do man as well. Is he? He's got to be one of the guys right out the door, isn't he? Well, my first guy was was Darius, just just for all the reasons I just mentioned. Okay. Um, you know, Patrick Peterson is a guy where I certainly look to replace him because you want to you want to. Re- I mean, Belichick won. You know, obviously he had Brady, but he won won a lot by getting rid of a guy a year early as opposed to a year yeah. late. Um, so Patrick Peterson is a guy that I make every attempt to try and replace, um, but. In saying that, you can't replace everybody, and you maybe you trust a guy like him at his age to give you one more year. Um, but interesting, you know, I just think that it, you've got to be, you've got to be looking younger, faster, um, and I don't know if they can do Harry, that. Every- Harrison Smith is gone, or, or he could flourish in this new scheme because maybe it's, it's similar to. You know, he might have a role like he had with Zimmer where he's coming from all over uh, the defense and blitzing, which he was really effective. He didn't do that last year, and he didn't have the same kind of year. Or uh, him then, and then you got Kendricks, who's supposedly slower, and if they stay with the 3-4, I don't know if that worked for him. What about those two guys? Well, those are those are two guys, especially Kendricks. Um, both of them, I would say. It's a renegotiation, but I don't know how much, you know – you don't want to kick too many cans down the road, you know? Uh, so it's some sort of renegotiation where they get a little yeah. more guaranteed money that brings the cap number down. Yeah. But um, presuming, you know, presuming they get the cap in line, do you keep Kendricks and Smith and Peterson? Do you keep those three? You know, not if I can replace them with younger, faster guys, Okay, but, but you can't, you can't have like, uh can't have like 11 new starters who are all rookies running the four twos, you know, right. that's not going to work either. So there's got to be a mix here of, you know, like to me on defense, the only guy that's, that's untouchable in my mind is, is Daniel Hunter. And, and then that in saying that it's like, is Daniel going to fit? I mean, cause clearly yeah. he was not, I mean, he came on toward the end of last year. He just was not, did not look comfortable in that defense. And I think they're going to stay in the same defense. So, but he's a guy that's good. You 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 got to you know build around people like that. Um, so he's the guy that's all. He's like the untouchable. Everything else is like, hey, you know, if you can if you can get better, get better. If you can't, you can't. Um, it's like that's insane that Kendricks and Harrison and Patrick Peterson, if they have to, I think can all three give you one more solid year at least. Um, but you know, to me, it's like you know th- this team won thirteen games. You know, and you just don't roll it back. <clears throat> One thing Minnesota learned in 2010 is you don't just roll it back. And then, I mean, they rolled it back from 2000, from Zimmer to this year. And in the grand scheme of things, looking back on it, is it, okay, you won 13 games. It was a fun year, an exciting year. But what did you really, you know, how much did you advance? And not a whole lot because, you know, they, they got to hit a home loss in the playoffs. So you said, you said, uh, you said a couple times they got to get younger, and there's no argument with that here. But what I think is even more important, and I'm going to be the first one to say it for the first off season, that they got to get healthier next year. They got to get seen back and catch him up quick. They got to get Andrew Booth back, and that's getting younger. Get those two guys in, the, in 
but they got to be healthy, you know, and they got to be able to be counted on. And then you may have Duke Shelley back there, but you still need a, a guiding force back there, either Patrick Peterson, which you kind of advocated for, or Harrison Smith to, to shepherd these guys in going forward. Um, I think at linebacker, you're going to see Asamoah in there, which is getting younger, and probably Hicks is gone, right? Yeah, I mean, Asamoah, it's time for him to play. And I think that that was the one guy they've been hanging their draft on is, uh, you know, you, how many times you they would funnel a conversation to Brian Asamoah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, that's um, you know, and that, that that what they say about him is true. He's ready for this. Uh, <clears throat> he's ready to be a starter and, you know, and be part of the next wave of the mm-hmm. defense. And there, there are going to be some leftover guys. There has to be. You can't replace yeah. everyone. Um, <clears throat> as far as Booth, I wouldn't count on him because you counted on him this year and he let you down. And, yeah. and that was it. That was the, that was his MO coming in is that you couldn't count on him because of injuries. I would put that aside. Now seen as a guy that probably a different story where you count a lot on him and, and, and hope that, you know, with another year, another off season, when he was ready, he knows the defense. Cause he, you know, the disappointing part about him was more disappointing thing about him than his injury was the fact he wasn't ready at the beginning of the year. They didn't right. trust him to play in the defense. Right. That's that's a red flag. You know, first round draft pick mm-hmm. should be right there. But yeah, um, he's a guy that they got. They got. He has to. He has to come through for them. So I, I think they are going to get young. You got Osmo. You got Seen. You know, all things considered, you know, they're all healthy. They all can play. They're you know, <clears throat> Seen Booth, Osamoa. Shelly, they got to get somebody new on the defensive line that's younger to to, to help out those guys. But um, do you think Brian Flores is the kind of guy that will be able to build up that young defense, or does he need some leaders that can you know be his guy on the field? I mean, what do, what are your thoughts there? See that? Yeah, clip? I mean, I, I, I'm taking the talent has to be there. It can't be you know like an assistant coach that's playing safety he's got to still have the ability to play the position and, and do all those things. But yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you need you a break. The, you want the talent. Uh, I'm dying here, Joe. You, you want, you need the talent is first and foremost. I think if you look around like the, what Kansas city has going on defense, they're not the best defense in the league, but they are young and they are fast and they make a lot of. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll let you take a break. I have one more. Um, uh, Brian, um, okay. Well, here's my question. Uh, okay, given all that, uh, they get younger, they get some decent personnel in here, sign some free agents, get a little younger, get these guys up to speed, get their cap right. Brian Flores comes in, does a great job, a lot of energy. The 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 uh, defense improves from twenty, you know, like thirtieth, thirty first, wherever the hell they ended up. Um, <clears throat> Here's the biggest fear for us fatalistic Vikings fans. This guy, uh, Brian Flores, has had been a, a head coach. He's had uh, interviews this offseason. He is uh, he's probably going to get uh, asked to be head coach again. You know, get some interviews next year. Is he is he just a rent a coach for a year? I mean, it, it doesn't say that. I, I don't. I still think he's worth it. But what are your thoughts there? Is, well, I mean that's that's a good that's a good problem to have because if, if he is a head coach somewhere, that means this, this Vikings defense improved improved tremendously from where it was. So that's a good problem to have. All right. So well, you know that that doesn't uh, that doesn't swash any uh, 
panic for a fatalistic Vikings fans, but there it is. Well, on that, he's not, he, he's not going to be a def, he's not going to come here and be defensive coordinator for five, ten years. I no, mean, correct. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to get a couple out of him. Give me a couple <laughs> years out of him, yeah, and get this thing built back up. And then in the meantime, the entire time, KOC and Kwesi are are figuring out somebody else, maybe even bring somebody up underneath when he see who he hires on his staff that he can, you know, maybe an assistant DC that he can uh, groom to, to be the next guy with his system. Anyway, well, that's, that's a ways down the road. Let's take a quick break. So uh, Mark can, can drink a gallon of uh, uh, what is it? Diet Coke or diet uh, <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi that you drink. And then we'll, uh, we'll be back with some more. We're going to talk about that uh, pro bowl for about two seconds. So come on back yeah. to Vikings territory breakdown podcast <laughs> welcome back to the all phlegm uh, uh version of the vikings territory breakdown podcast uh we got we're hacking in a wheezing like a couple old men that you see up in the corner up there that ain't us no we're we're much younger and more well we're about that cranky so um we were talking in the first section about uh the new hire for the vikings uh uh brian flores at defensive coordinator which is big big news um, and we, we certainly talked about personnel and there's going to be some guys that are not here, uh, as the, when the new season starts, probably particularly on defense, I guess got a quick question for you, Mark. Uh, there's going to be some new faces and the Vikings don't have, they only have four draft picks as we speak. Um, they need more. Who do you think is the most attractive on the team to trade and therefore bring in the most in return? Is there, is there, a, who, who do you think? That would they would realistically trade? I mean, uh, Je- Justin Jefferson would be the answer to that question. Well, yeah, you st- stepped on my punchline. It's a oh my, all, sorry. The, all, all, all the people that would uh, that would bring the most are guys that you wouldn't want to trade. I wrote down four guys that, that I would say, <clears throat> well, Justin Jefferson would get you a uh, you know truckload of number one probably. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, Darisaw, O'Neal, Darisaw, and Daniel. Uh, Daniel's cap number. Uh, you know, would, would, I think Daniel would, would bring you a, a uh, maybe not a first round. Okay, pick. Okay, I said yeah. this. I said this wrong. I not not guys that they aren't going to trade. I mean, they'll trade Justin Jefferson if they can't resign him to a deal. Then they'll say, okay, we better get something. Hey, that's what the Chiefs did with uh, Tyreek Hill. They whenever exactly. uh, right. when uh, Christian uh, Arizona got a ton of money, uh, the next guy on deck was uh, Tyreek Hill, and he was like, I'm going to get more than that guy. Kansas City said, no, you're not. Not from us. And they traded him for five picks. And now they're in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. I, I mean, what, what you know, maybe somebody on the defense, like one of these aging vets that's still under contract. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't think any any of them uh, on defense, you know, brings you any, you know, if you, it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, no, you know, first of all. A third uh, rounder. All that you're talking about are like, could be likely be cut. So people would wait for that, yeah. uh, and and then they would have cap numbers that don't match their age. Uh, like you know, I love Harrison Smith; he's one of the best safeties they've had. But at this point in his career and what he's making, he's not going to bring you anything. Right. Uh, I don't think I don't think uh, uh, Kendrick's as good as he is, and the the age and the money that don't yeah you know, don't match as far as a trade and getting something back. Uh, you know, big time. Certainly not Dalvin Cook, uh, running back. Uh, I suppose um, they just yeah. look at what everybody else is, you know, you know, like everybody else, like they did with Anthony Barr last year. They wait for the Vikings to cut him because they can't afford him, and he's 
he's, he's right. going downhill. Not, yeah. I mean, right. if there's anybody anybody on the roster that fits that because of the way their their contract has worked is is Adam Thielen. <clears throat> because if they trade him, I with all the money and the way it works out, his cap number is much lower for the team that he goes to. So, you know, you could see an Adam Thielen on a, I don't know, somewhere where they need a, like a second or third guy. Or, well, there you go. That's the answer. Trade him now. Over, trade him now. Trade him to the Packers and have, have uh, Rodgers come back and throw it to the Thielen. Uh, yeah, beat the Vikings. Quasey loves to trade with the Packers, unfortunately. Give him two receivers to kill kill us each year that's that's wonderful what a great one idea. deep one deep one over the middle oh man they can't do that okay now you're bumming me out uh, l- let's get something more fun to talk about there was the pro bowl this weekend and we had the new format flag football uh i know what you thought about it i want to quote my my younger brother bill who said that he said i t- watch tune in and watch it and he says i enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed the previous one. I don't know if that's damning with faint praise, but he says, you know, I'm, and, and, I, and I have to agree. I mean, it was fun just because probably it was new to see what they were doing, but it was silly. And uh, there are a couple things worth pointing out in it that uh, Kirk Cousins leads this comeback at the end of the game to, to win one. And he's, he's running around as a guy's chasing him, uh, making, making moves like we hadn't seen all year. And everybody's going, where's that? Well, Mark, have at it. I know you'd like yeah. to be off. Of well, it. you know, I, first of all, I didn't, I didn't watch it and no interest in it. Um, wow. Gonna I'm not taking a, I'm that. just not, I'm not taking some stand against it. I just don't, it doesn't do anything for me. I, Joe, I am so far outside the target audience in most of life right now that <laughs> I just, I'm just to leave that I'm living in my own little world by right. beyond the age of 18 and 35 that nobody cares what I think. Uh, but I did see the clip uh, on Twitter. Oh, good of, that we uh, got you on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, so, <clears throat> what was I saying, Joe? Uh, oh, uh, the, the the clip of, of him running. I said it looked like uh, Fran Tarkenton on steroids, running around all over the place. And it's uh, and I found out it was Max Crosby. I mean, I, Max is one of the best pass rushers in the league, but Max is kind of laughing his way. He's got his hat on backwards, and he's sort of chasing Kirk this way, and he's kind of chasing him this way. Kirk looks like he's in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, you know. Kirk's mind, Kirk's mind can only go one way, I think. And so he throws the touchdown. People are like, honest, and I think realistically saying, why can't he do that in games? I'm like, yeah. well, just so. because because there's one guy with his hat on backwards chasing him half assed and there's not like uh, five other guys that are gonna as soon as he makes one turn, pop him. Uh, so yeah, it, it's you know I don't know if this is. Uh, what uh, they'll do this up until someone blows their knee out, you know, running around like Kirk. did. I, I don't know. I mean, cause you know, years and years and years ago, you probably remember it is uh, they were running back for his rookie of the year. I believe he goes to, uh, goes to Hawaii. They're playing flag football on the sand. He blew his knee out and he was never the same. So Jeez, it's harsh. And, and, uh, and, and if one guy was going to get hurt in, <laughs> in, in all this nonsense, it was the Cleveland Browns best player. Miles Garrett hurt his toe or something. I think. So yeah, that, there you go, Joe. More Cleveland. That's uh, you, yeah. you want some hard luck. Yeah, I didn't Cleveland. want to bring that up, but it, you know, for what it's worth, and it isn't worth much. Kirk Cousins threaded a couple nice passes in tight windows, and you damn right he can do that. Well, there's nothing on the line. 
People, there's nothing on the line. There's no one going to kill him. He knows he's not going to get popped, okay? It's wonderful. It's fun. It's diversion. It made it fun. I mean, it, there was the skills competition. It was interesting to see, but even that was silly. They were having uh, the best catch between, I saw Stefan Diggs and and uh, the guy, uh, Amon St. Brown from Detroit, flipping on mats and flipping over people and catching balls, and I just go, Okay, I, I understand it from a you know I, I've got my All Star or my All Star patch shirt on here for when the when the NBA All Star game was here and and uh, Isaiah Ryder did the East Bay Funk Dunk you know that stuff's fun. It's not for me or you. It's not something I care about too long. But it, if at least it you know I got nothing else out I could going on I might tune in for a second. But it's. To, to read anything into this in any way and think that why isn't Kirk doing this in the real games? And, and, Oh my God, that was great. Either side of it. Come on. Let's, let's, let's. Uh, the, 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 the only pro bowl that I've watched in the last 30 years was the one that was in Miami the week before the super bowl. And I covered it. And whenever I'm watching I'm like, this is why I don't watch the pro bowl. <laughs> that was the one where, where uh, Brian McKinney uh, was so, oh uh, he got kicked off. He got he got kicked off the Pro Bowl team uh, because he didn't he didn't show up. He showed up for the the team picture and then disappeared at the King of Diamonds down there, and they never saw him again. He got kicked off the team. A proudful moment for for a guy who went, took the Twitter. I think Twitter was relatively new or social yeah. media in some form, uh, begging people to vote for him, and and he, they did, and then he gets kicked off. The team. Was he was he? That was pretty much. His swan song, wasn't it? I don't think he played after that with the Vikings. Uh, they traded him. Yeah, I, the I don't recall. There, yeah. there was one year where he came in, I think, late, and he had he was over over 400 pounds. Oh, nice. Um, he, he had a hard time walking off the field at Mankato. Uh, yeah, I don't know did. if that was I don't know if that was a year or not, but uh, you know, and he was a solid player. He was a solid player for for a lot of years, and yeah, it, it was durable, durable. Uh, but you know, that was a that was embarrassing. The guys who were on the team at the time, Hutch and uh, um, Heath Farwell, those guys were those guys were embarrassed that 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 he did that, uh, you know, representing the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, he he proved it then, and and he, he was just you know he he was a decent player. He was a decent left tackle for the Vikings for a long time, and he just I don't think his heart was in the game that much. At least it wasn't at that point. He was starting to get into music and and other things, so. So be it. Let me uh, fire some quick questions to you on this uh, post-mortem on the Viking season that was uh, and remind folks that we will talk about the Super Bowl in the next segment. But here's some more Viking stuff. Mark, I want to ask you a few questions and your thoughts on it. Uh, who's uh, Who would you say was your your breakout player last year? Or is oh, that Last a, year? Uh, I, thought you were, I thought you were talking about next now. year. I looked at it wrong. I'm I'm looking at what I've written down, and you were looking forward. So I'll let you go for it. Who's going to be the breakout player this coming year? That's, that's this coming year, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think there. Are, I was looking at this, and I, KJ, I think, is probably beyond his uh, invisible status. I, I yeah. think he's already kind of broken out. He certainly can take it to another level, especially if well, if Thielen leaves, he will take it to a higher level. That's uh, I have. Uh, I would have complete trust in this guy ascending in his career yeah but i don't i don't like him as a breakout because i feel like he's already un- announced himself um if cook doesn't if cook doesn't come back and also if madison madison's going to want a lot of money too 
if he, it ends up to be in, uh, you know, what's left behind him, Kane and Chandler are possibilities. Um, Jalen Naylor, if he becomes a number three receiver, is a definite possibility. Uh, Scene, if he's healthy, I think uh, Jalen Rieger would be a inter- very interesting one. Uh, but I'm going to go with Brian Asamo. I, I really think that he's going to be a starter, and I think he's going to he's going to play with a speed that uh, we haven't seen in a, in a in a while. He he, of all those that you mentioned, I think we can pretty much rest assured that he's going to get the opportunity to break out. Um, Rieger and Naylor, I'm not sure if they're going to they're going to be. I'm not even sure if Rieger's going to be here. Who knows? Uh, uh, I would keep him. I would keep that guy. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I mean, like if if we're thinking that. If we've if we've run the course with Thielen, um, and you're going to need a, a, a second, you know, KJ becomes your number two. Uh, I, I think Rieger. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be getting knocked over with a bunch of offers around the league. Uh, there's enough there that I think with a second year, I, I would that, that he could be a real he could be a guy that um, he certainly got the, the the talent and the ability, and now he doesn't have the pressure of being the number one in Philly. Uh, I would I would hang on to that. guy. All right. Well, then, how about uh, who's going to be your most disappointing player next year? <laughs> it's yeah. I, I, I just laugh at that that category. It's like, okay, who's going to disappoint us the most? Well, you know, you got a lot. I hope you got the whole roster in front of you there, someone to choose from. Oh, well, it, it'll it'll probably be someone that I'll be asking the Vikings if I can talk to in a couple of weeks or whatever. It'll be they'll be like, oh, oh yeah, we saw you on uh, Vikings territory. He doesn't want to talk to you. But since nobody, uh, nobody on the in the NFL knows what we do anymore, unless you're on ESPN. Uh, disappointing. I, I wrote down DJ Wonham, and, and it feels bad doing that because he sort of shows some promise. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's going to be given that start, you know, unless they find someone else, uh, kind of be given that starting role. And I think that you know more is going to be uh, required of him than than uh, being that. Spot back up. I mean, he said he had to get eight sacks two years ago. Yeah, he had he had that big sack in Green Bay in the in the pandemic year to end that game when Rodgers had the ball and was dry. You know, right. had a chance to, to win. Um, so it's it's one of these where it, it feels bad, but I'm not going to dodge it and go. Oh, you know, I I feel like they could all be you know breakout players. Uh, so well, I'd say him. Well, is is he going to be start for Tomlinson? Is that what you're saying? Or, or, well, no, one of them would be uh, like Zadarius would be that Zadarius. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm assuming Zadarius is gone. I, that's what, <clears> yeah. If Zadarius has taken down his stuff and, you know, distancing himself, which I've heard, I, I don't follow him or maybe I follow him. I don't know. But, um, you know, with the money and the, his age and the fact that he, that, that second half of the year, I just, I think it's time to move on. I, you know, I, I like the guy, but um, man, you just can't can't just keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over. Well, he's going to rip you wherever you go. It's just going to go. Remember that, Mark Craig? My God, I talked to him, and all of a sudden, my career is downhill after that. Ooh, that if he mentions it, that'd be a boost for us, Joe. We'll have him on. <laughs> okay, who's going to be the most underrated player next year? Oh, uh, boy, of all the guys I mentioned, you know, and um, um. I wrote down Jalen Naylor. I feel like he's going to be that third receiver, if not Rieger. Uh, you know, we saw glimpses of, um, hey, I mean, what he did in a few uh, handful of games is better than what um, oh, Laquan Treadwell did as number one pick. Yeah. yeah you know, um, so there, there's when you see a guy kind of get, you know, 
So my, you know, we'll start with that. Maybe uh, you get rid of Kirk. You have uh, Ryan Wright be the quarterback and Jalen Naylor receiver. Oh and you just get you get that combination. Hey, they're one for one for two for a first down. So, but I, li- I like I, I like I like I'll say Naylor. Let's go with Naylor. All right. What about overrated? What about you? What, what are your guys? The- I had I went with the wrong year. The ones I wrote down, I was looking backwards. I can't read what I wrote on my paper. So don't 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 at me. I uh, well, I, well what, who were your guys? Oh God! I mean, for the most past year, I thought uh, the breakout player was Ryan Wright and Caleb Evans. The most disappointing player was Lewis Seen and Tomlinson. The underrated player was Darisaw. Because I think as good he was so good, he was even better than he gets credit for. That guy was phenomenal. We're gonna have a left tackle for the longest time. And uh, my overrated player last year was uh, Eric Kendricks, unfortunately. All right, so <clears throat> I look ahead, Joe. You look behind. Yes, I guess so. Since you made me, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, overrated. If they keep him and he plays, and I guess I could. This could be for 2022 as well. I wasn't on the Bradbury, you know, Bradbury's changed and I thought about we him. need, we need, we need Bradbury back. And yeah. I just, I think that he was, um, the effort's certainly there, I think, you know, but I just don't think he's, he's, there's not enough lead in the pencil to, to stand up to what's the NFC's, but the NFC is throwing you at you uh, with, with those interior, you know, guys. Uh, it's just too much. I, I, I would say I'd put him, I guess, as overrated only because I had a feeling and I'm not hundred percent sure because I don't look, I don't cast a wide net on what people are saying, but got the impression that it was like, yeah, Bradbury's having this uh, fantastic year. And I, I mean, I don't think it was as bad as the other years, but I don't, I didn't, I wasn't on board with it. I thought about that as well, you know, looking backward. So, you know, they're going to probably have to keep him. They might get him at a nice price and, he very much could uh, uh, disappoint us next year. Uh, okay, I'll, let me look ahead real quick. I would say the breakout player is uh, Caleb Evans. He could he could really uh, solidify that spot if he can stay healthy. He's had three concussions, so he, he's a risk. But you know, um, I, I think they're going to look to him between him and Duke Shelley to to be one of those young. Uh, Young cornerbacks uh, in the system. Uh, disappointing player. Gosh, who would that be? Um, going forward, uh, Justin Jefferson would be the most disappointing. Wow, holy crap. <laughs> because uh, we expect the moon from him, especially after he signs a huge contract. We're going to expect him wow. to be. We're going to expect him. So he, he can't but disappoint. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna kick you off this website, Joe. Nice, nice knowing you, Joe. Exactly. Uh, the most underrated player next year will again be uh, Christian Derrissaw, and the most overrated player next year uh, might be Ryan Wright. How about that? You know, I mean, everybody sounds like you. Sounds like Justin Jefferson would would be your overrated. Wow. Joe. I don't know. I'm just saying disappointing because uh, if he doesn't take us to the Super Bowl, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, the whole offense goes through him. They're, they're, you know, they don't, uh, they, you know, they're going to cost uh, the loss of Adam Thielen because they have to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. He got Hawkinson will probably say, you know, where's my balls, you know? So, no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea who's going to be the most disappointing, but he, he has, I mean, when you expect the most, you can only be disappointed. You, you you can't you can't get higher. You can't 
if you expect the the top end, how can you? How can he? He can only meet it. He can't exceed it. So he'll he'll disappoint. Well, he's exceeded three years in a row. Yes, he has. Oh, so on, you know, time would tell you that's what happened. Oberly trade Jefferson. <laughs> didn't say Pro that. Foot, Pro Football Talk reporting that Joe Oberly. Uh, your 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 breakout guy is my is my most likely to retire at age twenty two or three, be a Caleb Evans three in one year. Yeah, yeah. I would be surprised if we find out this young man might say, you know what, I uh, I don't know if I want any more of this. Uh, that that would be a shame. That would be a shame for him because he he came in with, when he started playing, and then he would he, he didn't have what he have six games he probably played for the Vikings this year and. Yeah. yeah, that's be good for him. Good for him when he's 40, but maybe not good for him right now. Right. Right. Um, well, I would definitely be disappointed in that. So he could maybe surpass Justin Jefferson. Anyway, let's take a quick break here and clear our throats because we probably both need to. And we'll be back and we'll talk. We'll preview the Super Bowl and talk about some other things about it around the league and uh, make our picks for the big game. All right. Come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. He's our NFL insider as well as a esteemed Vikings writer. So I want to ask him a few questions for about around the league. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl week. It's a big deal. Vikings aren't in it, so who the hell cares? No, I'm kidding. We all care. We all have got bets to make. You know, I bet every year I try to find one person for one bet, one prop bet, and it's for the coin flip, and then I'm done. <laughs> there you go. 50 shot. One, one, you know, and I usually try, I sucker my kids into it, you know, and say, go ahead, you can pick. But anyway, um, Mark, uh, you know, when you look at uh, what happened this year in the playoffs, we've got the final two teams, but uh, there's some also ran teams. And, uh, you know, in years past, you know, there's a Super Bowl hangover maybe for teams that win the Super Bowl. Um, and there's Super Bowl hangovers for teams that lose. It looked like Cincinnati had a hangover at the beginning of the year. They started out slow, but they came on like gangbusters, so you really can't say that. But um, of all the teams that were kind of making it to the final four, final few, who do you think comes back with a vengeance next year? I mean, you got teams like Buffalo, Dallas, Cincy, San Francisco. They all got booted in the final weeks. Uh, I, I know who I think, but uh, – <laughs> I'll go ahead and let you respond. Oh, the, the way I, I read this was, uh, and the uh, way I approached it was, you know, since 1990, so now you're talking to 30, whatever, however many years, uh, there's always been four teams that have missed the play, uh, make the playoffs that missed the year before. So I wrote right. down four that I think missed the playoffs that will make the playoffs. Detroit, I think, will make the playoffs. New England, uh, you're not going to keep New England down. Pittsburgh, you're not going to keep Pittsburgh down. <laughs> The Raiders with Aaron Rodgers. That'd be my prediction. It'd be out of your hair, Joe. It'll be over and uh, they'll make the playoffs. But uh, I guess if you're looking at the final four. Yeah, um, I mean, you're who, saying who, who's going to be, who's going to rebound from getting booted from one of the conference, you know, or, or getting booted late and, you know, come back with a vengeance and be in, you know, they're, they're going to be in the conference finals and vying to get back in the Super Bowl and probably reaching it. Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, their quarterback is going to be going toe to toe with Mahomes for a long time. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, if they get the offensive line straightened around, um, 
if their defensive coordinator comes back, I, he's he's interviewed for jobs. Yeah, I like I like Cincinnati too, and because I know that Cleveland is going to be a disappointing team, uh, Pittsburgh will make the playoffs. Uh, maybe you get three coming out of the AFC North, but you know, I like Cincinnati. To, uh, they're going to keep banging on the on the door, and they're going to win one here in, pretty quickly. So do I, and uh, uh, that's exactly who I had. I mean, in Buffalo, Dallas, Dallas, I think they, they got such trouble at uh, quarterback. They lost losing their offensive coordinator. They're going to have a new system. I'll mark Mark uh, Mike McCarthy's going to call plays apparently. So I, I just don't I, – I don't – I've never been a believer in them partially because I don't want to be, but I, I just never see them getting over the hump. San Francisco's got some QB decisions to make. I mean, they're still a very good team. They, they could they could uh, stick their nose back in. I think Buffalo's window might be closing a little bit, even though they got a great quarterback and great receiving core. And and uh, James Cook is showing up to be a pretty decent running back, so – and their defense is still strong. They could, but I just feel like too many losses is 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 kind of get getting to their psyche. So I agree too. I think it's Cincy. Cincy's uh, Joe Burrow's got so much confidence; he just exudes it, and he's going to bring his team along with him if they if they uh, if they fortify the offensive line for him. I think uh, that's your Super Bowl winner next year. But uh, that's uh, that's me. But anyway, um, okay. My next question is: What team is what ascending team that ascended this year, and I'm including the Vikings in that grouping, is going to rise even higher next year, which means, you know, you know, the Vikings made the playoffs, they'll go higher. Uh, my three teams that I've written down are Miami, Detroit, and Minnesota. Detroit didn't make the playoffs, but they will. Uh, Miami going higher, too. Which, which of those do you guys do you see as uh, well, doing the best I, next I, year? I guess I, I I took the ascending team to be like I put Cincinnati get, get to get a number one seed and 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 host a championship game and okay maybe win a Super Bowl. Uh, the four that I you know said that wouldn't have made the playoffs this year that wouldn't make the playoffs Miami the Giants I don't I don't like the Giants quarterback I know he he was all world against the Vikings but uh, how many years have we seen that uh, right. they're always a, and obviously the the door that got slammed completely shut was Tampa Bay. When Tom Brady says he's done four good this time, uh, I mean that was a team that even when they were when they entered the playoffs at eight and nine, there's still this like you know I didn't think they would make it far, but that having that guy uh, of anybody in the history of the league made you a Super Bowl contender, and um, within reason of course. I mean if you stuck him on uh, Houston last year, wasn't wouldn't have been, but uh, in Tampa Bay, you know that they're they're done. Uh, Seattle, I can't see Seattle duplicating what they did with Geno Smith this year. Um, but as far as the ascending, like the, I do like Detroit. I like what they're, I like, I like the attitude that's being developed there in a lot of ways. It's a little, it's the opposite of what's happening here. It's more of a, not saying the Vikings are softer or not tough or anything, but there's more of the, you know, as we saw on hard knocks, there's more of the, let's be, let's improve by being that, toughness like that way uh and i think that jared goff is you know they, they showed they could win with him I, their offense was very dangerous and they're going to get better on defense they got better during the year on defense uh so yeah I, I think you know detroit um probably replaces green bay as the vikings you know uh, target to the green bay i mean i i i, I have a feeling that green bay will be this would, might be the end with with Ryan Rodgers. Let's just move yep. on and uh, just enough's enough. And 
But I, I, who knows? He could be wrong. I mean, they paid him. They made him the highest paid player there had ever been. And then you still kind of have this. Uh, he's not, first of all, he's not going to retire. Because as we know, Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to want to be in the same Hall of Fame class as Tom Brady. Aaron Rod, I mean, I heard that on he, the radio the other day, and I just laughed. It's, but it's true. It's, uh, it's a hundred percent true. I would believe is that you know, that that he, you know, as great as he is and great as he was, he goes in as second fiddle by right. Everybody does to Tom Brady, and well, uh, Brady's already he's already equivocating what he said. I mean, he, he left. He says I'm retired for good this time, and then all of a sudden there was something that came out yesterday that. Oh, uh, maybe so. You know, he, he's well. You're going to see that, yeah. You're gonna... he's playing checkers with Rogers. Rogers, we know what he's going to do. He's going to go sit in the dark for four days. Did you hear that? I yeah. heard something like that. Well, he like goes and plays Pebble, and uh, you know, it's whatever his contract is now. It's it's a hard yeah, life. I came on working for his handicap, and he says his handicap is crap. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me if uh, he's uh, pushed the limits on that a little bit. I agree with you on the Detroit uh, assessment. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be – they could they could very well be the team to beat. Unless, unless Brian Flores turns around this defense, then the Vikings are going to be – they're going to win games for real next year and not just luck. You know, they're going to – the offense is going to be intact and uh, with another year under their belt. But if they get the defense going, they're going to they're gonna be vying for the – to defend their title, but I see Detroit as probably the toughest team in the, in the division. Did you say Miami won't make the playoffs next year? Is that what you said? That's what I said. Yeah. Wow. Miami, the, the giants, Tampa Bay and Seattle. I mean, it's, it's, it's a record of at least four and sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more than four. And, uh, and there's a record of like 19 in the last 20 years or something like that with a team going, you know, worst to first in their division. And I think there were a couple this year, the Giants, uh, Jaguars, um, you know, teams like that, that, uh, you know, end up, you know, just going from nothing. I mean, it happens. That's why everybody loves this league is because, it, you know, you can you can be better overnight. And it's it's harder to kind of to stay there. Like as the Vikings yeah. are going to find out, yeah. it's going to be hard to stay there. But I I, I have a feeling that, you know, the Vikings are going to kind of stay in that you know, com- you know, competing for the, uh, you know, the NFC North. And uh, I think the Packers are going to fade and uh, you know, the Lions are going to be there. The Bears are probably, you know, they're still a little ways away, but the Bears are going to be a force. I think I think Fields is going to be a good quarterback, maybe not next year, but year after. Uh, um, Dallas. Dallas is – what happens to them? I, I love Dallas's defense. I'm not a big fan of, the, of Dak. I, I don't – a lot of things that people say about Kirk that don't like Kirk, I sort of feel about Dak. I just kind of feel like, you know, sometimes a moment might be too big for him. Uh, I think we saw that it sort of toward the end of that, that loss that they had. But yeah, uh, but they also played, you know, that, that, that's the 49ers in San Francisco. So that's say, again, it's like, you know, it's either or. Like with Kirk, there's some a lot of there's a lot of good things about Kirk, a lot some bad things about Kirk. Same with Dak. So I don't – that's my question with, with, with them is with what you're paying Dak, is, at what point can you not keep the team together? And you know, But I do love that. I like their defense. Uh, that defense is uh, – they're going to make the playoffs. I'm what about sure. – uh, uh, well, I, we can't even predict about what – you got you got to factor in what happens in, in, the, in the Super Bowl before you can talk about Philly and KC. But um, 
Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl next year in 2024? I got uh, who? Cincinnati. That's what I picked. I had Cincinnati. Um, you know, San Francisco would be I, – I just love the, what they did with their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stay – like when Garoppolo, Garoppolo went down, it was like, okay, that's good for the Vikings. That means, you know, they, they got that number two seed. They're going to go for the number one seed. And San Francisco didn't waver. And that's just – that's coaching. That's, uh, that's, that's offensive lines, phenomenal. The defense is phenomenal. But Trey Lance comes in and – you know, I, I think he adds another element, but also he didn't get any experience this year. He got only one or two games, so you got to start that all over again. I think we may be uh, we may have broke some some ground here. Maybe the first podcast ever to predict the next year's Super Bowl winner before we predicted this year. So I think let's I think- go 2025. <laughs> 2035. Kirk Cousins leads the Vikings. 55-year-old Kirk Cousins. Yes, and it's, and it's the uh, the biggest question is, are they going to extend him? Uh, yeah. All right, so we got we got a big game coming up here on Sunday, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Two, I think, you know, they got, after we look at it all, they got the two best teams in the conference to, to represent, you know, because the, San Francisco was certainly up there in the NFC, but uh, with their quarterback situation uh, was just untenable at the end. So you got your two – Best teams playing. You probably got if, if if there's any injury issues, it's probably Mahomes' ankle. But I think that's kind of mitigated. He played in the AFC Championship after one week with a uh, high ankle sprain, so I think he'll be good. Um, you know, uh, they'll be coming in. They'll be fit. They'll be ready to go. It should be a damn good game, shouldn't it, Mark? What are you What are you looking at when you? Yeah, you know, you know I think I think it will be a good game. It's just a matter of whether. Um... I think it's a matter of whether Kansas city can handle that pass rush, uh, you know, similar to what we saw. I mean, I think they're you know, Kansas city's offensive line is in much better shape than it was two years ago when they right. lost to the, to the Tampa Bay. But, you know, we saw in that game, Patrick Mahomes was uh, a magician running around and it was hard to bring down, but he still got blown out because he had no protection. I think you can't, if, if uh, Philadelphia's uh, if their pass rush gets going, it's going to be hard uh, for them. I have more confidence in Philadelphia's defense than I do uh, Kansas City's defense. Uh, even though they, even though Chris Jones is uh, you know, one of the best tackles in the league, all pro. Um, I, I just like I like Can- I like Philadelphia's pass rush. Uh, so I, I go with the Eagles. You're going with the Eagles. Um, I don't even I don't even I don't even know what the line is. It's, yeah, me neither. I haven't even looked. But um, uh, as far as injuries, you know, you got. Kansas City, they finished that AFC Championship game with like three receivers down. Yeah. So the one they put on uh, Hardman, they put on uh, IR. IR. Mm. Uh, the other two practice. So I think I think they're going to be – and Mahomes, uh, we saw what he did when he was really hurting. I mean, he's got two weeks to heal. Uh, he'll be fine. I mean, that, that the way he plays, he looks like he looks like everything is on his body sprained the way he plays, <laughs> the way he moves around. Nothing <laughs> – Nothing, nothing is by the book. Uh, yeah. You know, the footwork is not by the book. The, uh, the throws aren't by the book, uh, but he, he's, he's rewriting his own book. You know, as far as receiver, he's still got Travis Kelsey and his, he played with a bad back uh, in the AFC title game. He'll, he'll be rested and ready to go playing against his brother who plays for uh, center for the Eagles. Uh, um, yeah. 
so uh, yeah, he's got plenty to throw to there. Um, I'm going to, you know, you said you got the Eagles. I'm going to pick KC. So, you know, just so you, you know, I haven't looked at the line either, but I, I'm, I'm going to pick them. And I got to ask you if they win it, um, do you have to consider this team a dynasty because they've been to the AFC championship? Haven't they hosted it like four or five times in a row? They've won one Super Bowl, been to another. I mean, that's it's three Super Bowls in like five years or something like that. That's well, they've been to two. They've been to uh, three of the last four now. So right, yeah, so they won one, they lost one, and then they were out last year and they're back. I think right. this is our fifth fifth AFC championship game that they've hosted. It's amazing. Uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a dynasty because I don't think they're done. You know, so Andy Reid's not going to retire. I mean, why would you? Re- He's got to be having the time of his life with a quarterback who's not even 20, I think he's 27, you know, yeah. a guy who's got to play another year or two before he reaches 30. Uh, so yeah, what, what I would not, what I would hope doesn't happen is that they lose and then it becomes this, uh, well, you know, uh, they're, they won their Super Bowl, but they're disappointing. And, uh, you know, they've lost, uh, now they've lost two of the last four, Right, it becomes a ne- becomes a negative, you know, sort of like sort of like when Andy was in uh, in Philadelphia yeah. and they went to four straight uh, AF- or NFC Championship games. They hosted three in a row. Uh, finally, went and they lost in the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, this is one of the best coaches we've ever we've ever seen, and he's uh, you know he's the ten years in Kansas City. He's never won Coach of the Year. It's amazing that to think yeah. that. Uh, how that award is, is given is, is basically if you're a new coach and you win five more games than the other guy won, you get the award uh, and then you get fired and you go back and you work for Andy Reid. So uh, his, his excellence, his lay, the bar for him is uh, speaks to his greatness because he's expected to win 14 games. He's expected to host the championship games and get to the Super Bowl. And uh, what he's done, yeah, I would consider it a dynasty, if, especially if they win for sure. Right. I started the segment out by talking about a Super Bowl hangover. There's no hangover with this team to have hosted the AFC championship five years in a row. That is, that's a team of players that really want to want to do it. And I think uh, part of that is, uh, that is why I'm picking KC's their experience. You've got, you know, the, the Eagles did win the Super Bowl in 2017, but there's only seven players back from that team that's on this team. So there's, that, that's a tribute to them, but it's also, I think you're going to have some, maybe some people who haven't experienced this that might uh, have some bright lights in their eyes. So I'm, I'm going to pick KC and, and see if you can, you know, uh, uh, well, I'm, I, beer. I'm picking Philly, but I, 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 you know, if I have a rooting interest, I want, I would like to see Kansas city win. Absolutely. So, I just, yeah. uh, I like, I just don't want, I'd hate to see what, what the fallout of what's said <clears throat> if Andy Reid loses the Super Bowl. It's just, wouldn't be fair. Well, we'll all have our eyes on it this Sunday. It'll be fun to watch. And I'm hoping for a good game over more than anything. And I, and I'm hoping that uh, uh, my kid picks head so I can get, take tails and win that, win that bet. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. But anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. This week to uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Thanks, Mark, for all your insight. Thanks, Mike Waldem, uh, for producing us behind the scenes. Thanks, Joe Johnson. Hope you're watching this one upstairs. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk some more uh, uh, Vikings, and, and we'll probably do a rehash of the Super Bowl. So come on back for that. And once again, thanks. And until then, 
Score. Score. 